You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Jason Bond, also known as Emery. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yeah, Mikey couldn't be with us this week, but this is episode number 36. We are recording on December 20th for December 21st, and got a couple things to talk about. Not very news-heavy again this week, but... There was a new comic that's causing some buzz uh, that we're going to talk about. There's an updated meta report, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, because even if you don't play pro, you will see this shit pop up. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that a little bit and how to deal with it. Uh, we're going to talk you know, about Sombra and you know, is she competitive, is she not, when he's a change, so we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, as promised last week, we're going to talk about Blizzard Police in the community, but before we get into all that, Bond... How has your week been going? That's the real question here. That's why everybody comes to this podcast. They leave after the first five minutes because you've spoken. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, let's not set that bar high or anything. No pressure. Jeez. <sighs> uh, <laughs> Overwatch, is, uh, it's been okay for me, though I've been on vacation. Uh, I did get a couple of games in, though, uh, earlier today. Got some uh, time there with Goose Knuckle. That was uh, quite a bit of fun. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I actually, I have still not had a chance to play with Goose Knuckle because, uh, I don't know, I really, I mean, I, I really haven't been playing too much PC. I want to. I want to play PC, but then, like, you know, I, I kind of leave my Xbox on uh-huh. or my PS4 on my TV, and I'll see somebody pop up or somebody will shoot me a message and be like, hey, come play some Overwatch. I'm like, oh, okay, and then I'm, like, all Overwatched out by the time I get done. Well, set some time set some time aside, and we'll get some games in this weekend. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we can do that. Uh, but my Overwatch week, actually, I hadn't really played that much Overwatch over the week. Um, to be honest, I, I was busy with work, and on top of that, uh, since I do play Overwatch on all three platforms, sometimes I need a little Overwatch break, <laughs> you know? So I was like, ah, oh, let me play a little Mass Effect 3, and I ended up getting trapped in Mass Effect 3. <laughs> so, so I'm pretty sure we know how that goes, but I did get a chance to play with crossover um the other night, actually last night, to be honest with you. It was uh, we had a really, really good time uh we uh we got him into diamond that was mostly him though he i think we we were only a few games away from him getting into diamond, yep, so we I think we won like three games straight that put him right in the diamond. I was only one game away from plat, so I'm in platinum now. I'm sitting like somewhere mid twenty six hundred. Uh, hopefully, we can get that group again. That group was really nice. So we we worked really really well together. You know what we were doing really well that I think was really uh, fucking up the other teams. What's that? It did not matter if you had a Reinhardt man. 
Like, we would just blow through that shit. Like, we were cracking Reinhardt's shields like it was nothing. Like, just, just the comp we had. Like, what were we running? Uh, we, had a, we, we had a Reinhardt and a D.Va, sometimes a Winston, on tanks. We had a Zenyatta and a Lucio on for heals. And we had me. I was a soldier on DPS. Then sometimes I switched to a Reaper. And we had a Pharah. Um, I also played Maid too a little bit. The mm-hmm. Hellspawn, so that worked out. But yeah, like we were, I think we were just outputting a lot of damage. Because remember, I'm not sure if I brought up on, if we brought up on the podcast before, but me and Mike tested it out. And Zenyatta, if you fully unload a Zenyatta into a Reinhardt shield, yep. Zenyatta alone takes away half a Reinhardt shield. So that's, and that's with no, I guess that's with no buff or orb or anything like that. So it comes in real handy. So that plus soldier plus Pharah, oh my god, it was bad. You know, you just see the Reinhardt shield crack, and he's like retreat, but we don't let him go anywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, at that point, playing... just keep on hammering away. Oh yeah, whoever was playing Reinhardt was getting some really nice, uh, fucking. Uh, oh god, what's the name of the move? Why am I drawing a blank right now? Um, when he crushes people. Oh my god, what is the name of that move? I'm oh, I'm really sorry, folks. I am very <laughs> tired right now. <laughs> Earth Shatter. No, not Earth Shatter. The one where he uh, skates to him. Oh, uh, freaking yeah! You know what? Same here. I just know it's that move I hate and get oh, hit God. by we collaterally. We can't be all on this podcast and be like, I don't remember the name of that move. A very basic move that Reinhardt does. <laughs> that makes us look so bad. If you're listening for the first time, I promise you, we are not nearly this bad. Charge, simply yeah, called it's charge. charge. It's called charge. Yes. All I know is it's that ability that I fucking hate because I get hit collaterally while healing people. Well, you know what? I really do, don't like charge. I, I really don't like charge on the fact that it's almost like you get pulled into it sometime. But yes. that may have that may have something to do with server latency and stuff like that. So, but uh, yeah, he was getting some really really nice charges. We were doing a good job. We actually had one map. Well, we we had Hanamura, and we were on defense first, and we got beat in like two minutes. And we kept our composure. You know, keep your composure. Like you know, we kept our composure together. Yep. And we uh, we came back and beat them in a little bit longer time. But then when then we came back, then you know we had to go on attack again. We got both points again, and we just held them off from from getting to the last point. So mm-hmm. that's when I played May, and I kept trapping single people into the ice wall. <laughs> and with the ice wall, it was great. <laughs> Uh, so, but yeah, it was good times. I'm, I'm really glad we had a chance to play crossover. We definitely will be playing again. That was a great group. I, I, I can't remember the names of the other guys, but hopefully we see him again. I sent out invites, and hopefully I'll be, I'll just be playing Overwatch more frequent, frequently with everybody. Um, I did, I did realize something last night when we played though, and it's something I want to bring up at the end of the podcast. So, mm-hmm. and it's not in the show notes box. So remind me that I want to talk about something. This is a show. If I don't bring it up, it's now your responsibility to tell me that I need to talk about something. Okay. Talk about something. Got it. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> at the end of the podcast. And if I forget folks, blame bond, he just used Twitter today. So now he's, he's open for attack. <laughs> <laughs> You can still send all your tweets to underscore jaw underscore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, that don't work no more. Uh-uh. 
You know, you're <laughs> out there. But uh, okay, let's um, let's go ahead and get into our top story. Top story. All right, so coming in at number one on the topic charts today, which I didn't expect. I actually didn't expect anything, but, you know, there's Blizzard always giving us gifts, right? A new comic came out. It was a Tracer comic. Well, it featured Tracer. It was called Reflections, and it mostly revolves around Tracer. Uh, it's, uh, it kind of revolves around Winston, too. Actually, it kind of revolves around the entire Overwatch team, I thought. like I thought this was a great podcast to deliver some underhanded lore. Not podcast, sorry. A great comic to deliver some underhanded lore. Uh-huh. Because they didn't directly talk about anything, but there were pictures, and we're going to talk about that. But for the most part, the comic is about Tracer trying to find a gift for her girlfriend. And... um what ends up? I hope. I mean, hopefully, everybody's read the comic at this point. But you, you know, somebody gives her a gift because she just couldn't get, she couldn't find one, and uh, you know, <laughs> her girlfriend accidentally thinks it's hers. She opens it; it's a scarf. She loves it. She kisses Tracer. Um, and also on the other side of that, there's Winston, who was waiting for Tracer to come, and then he got all sad when he didn't think Tracer was coming. So that that was that was a little sad. I was like, "Oh, poor Winston." Every time I see that, every time I see that picture with him and Harold Winston, yep, I'm like, "Oh man, that's right in the feels." Right in the feels every time. Every fucking time. Uh, but I guess the the biggest thing that the biggest talk that we have coming out of this comic book is that uh, Tracer is the first confirmed gay character in Overwatch. Yep. And I'm like, okay. Like, uh, I I don't think the majority of the community has a problem. And actually, I did want to bring that up uh, before we continued. Uh, normally, before the podcast, a day or two, or even the day of the podcast, I'll go look in the Blizzard forums to see if there's any brewing community issues that we need to talk about, right? Because yep. that's kind of what we do here. I couldn't even do that today after this comic came out because all I saw were posts about people mad about people complaining about Tracer being gay. So follow that with me for a second. It was you know I have a better people. idea. It's called huh? Who the fuck cares? No 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 no. no. I don't <laughs> think you're following gay. me. You're not following me. No, following I do. Me. I do. It's people bitching about people bitching. Yes. Okay. So that's important, <laughs> right? That's the, the, the yeah. So I see a shit ton of those posts, right? But I have not seen a single post about somebody complaining about Tracer being gay. The most I've seen is somebody complaining about Overwatch getting political. That's the most I've seen. <sighs> or people saying that was unnecessary uh, because it's just a video game. Uh, maybe you want to count those. I don't. I don't know. I don't like. I. I the way that these forum posts are looking, it's kind of. Like, it, it sounds like this. Somebody in the forums making posts about how dare you make Tracer gay, and I have yet to see one of those. I gotta be honest with you, folks. More than likely, you probably have like one percent, maybe ten percent. I wouldn't even say ten percent. Like, there's such a most of the community does not care about Tracer being gay. I can I can almost guarantee that most Agreed. people do not care. The people who are are posting in these forums or making these posts, supposedly making these posts about being angry at Chaser's gay. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee you they're trolls. Yep. 
I can almost guarantee you the trolls. And by you getting angry at those posts and then making more posts about people about people than making those posts, I guess it, I'm starting to get you know uh, tripped up here. By you making more posts about it, that just feeds the trolls. Please don't feed the trolls. Most <laughs> of those people are trolls. But the, the I, I really don't think the average Overwatch player like. Uh, I highly doubt we have people like, oh, I'm never gonna Tracer Mains, dis- you know, dismissing Tracer. Like, I'm never playing her again. Nobody yeah, cares. I don't. I don't think anybody cares about those. And if yeah, the way I look at it is, if you've got time to be that way, you've got way too much fucking time on your hand, and you need to go get a job or more hours. Yeah, <laughs> hobbies, man. Get hobbies that aren't this. If stuff like that bothers you, or just like I learned from my recent trip to the south, if something bothers you, shut your goddamn face. And just be really nice to people. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think anybody really cares. I mean, it's. I mean, when I say really cares, I mean cares in terms of being angry about it. I mean, it's great that Overwatch is diverse. I mean, the entire game is about diversity. Look at the cast of characters. I mean, shit. We even got animals and robots in there. That's diverse as fuck. You know. Yep. So Overwatch is about diversity. It's. You know, I mean, we all knew there was, you know, gay characters in Overwatch. We also know there's handicapped characters in Overwatch, or uh, not, not handicapped, but like, um, that's not that's the wrong word. It's like uh, amputees. We know there's amputees in Overwatch. Like Symmetra's an amputee. Symmetra's? Yeah. I don't think Symmetra is an amputee. I think it's yeah, Symmetra's uh, well, an amputee. You gotta so look is, at her. So uh, is McCree then at that point? I don't know if McCree is. This thing. I don't know if McCree is just like an arm. Like an arm armor. Like yeah. I have a picture. Of, actually, I have a picture of Symmetra on my phone. Yeah, she's my uh, my unlock screen. Yeah, yep. you got it. Like if you look at her, uh, I guess that that would be her right arm. Yep. Yeah, like it, that connects all the way up to the shoulder. She's an amputee. Mm-hmm. Actually, Blizzard confirmed that at the last BlizzCon that Symmetra's oh, an amputee. Because I figured so, out of all the amputees, I figured it would have been uh, well at that point that's Symmetra, and at a minimum McCree as well. Yeah, McCree might be an amputee. Junk I don't rat. know. Junkrat. Yes, Junkrat's an amputee too. So yeah, I mean, the game's diverse. Also, uh, Torbjorn. Yeah, and Torbjorn. There you go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the game's diverse. Nobody is. I don't think anybody's upset by this. Anybody real? Like it's just the trolls, folks. Don't feed the trolls. You'll be fine. But yes, Tracer has a girlfriend. First official gay character. Um. I think a lot of people expected it to be Zarya, but that would have just been too stereotypical, I think. I don't think people expect it to be Zarya. I think people are expecting it to be Farah or uh, Mercy. Somebody else said Farah. I've heard people say Zarya. I've heard people say Farah. The reason I didn't think it was going to be Zarya was, was it because too easy. <laughs> it was too easy. Even though, I gotta be honest, right? Mm-hmm. Even picking Tracer is kind of easy. You're not yeah. going to get You're not gonna get a lot of uh, people... You know, rubbing about that. You're not going to get a lot of jokes about that. Um, Actually, now I, that I think about it, I think a lot of people have mentioned almost every female character here. They're like, you know, scroll through like Reddit and Nimger and other places, you'll go and see all the comics that people do, that, like the custom comics and drawings and stuff. They all have all the people going on dates with each other, like uh, Mercy and Farah, or, you know. Right. That's true. You're right. Or Diva, you know uh, Diva and Farah, or whatever. I think if they, w- if they wanted to show some real diversity. Let's have a male character be gay. Like, let Soldier be gay. Let McCree be gay. You know what I'm saying? Yep. 
Let, let's <laughs> let's do that. I want to because I want to. You know, so we I had a conversation with somebody um, on Facebook a little earlier, and they're like, "Are oh, you know, the community is really accepting?" And he's glad. I'm like, "Yeah, I want to see how accepting they would have been if it would have been like McCree. I can guarantee you would have been like a shit ton of jokes." <laughs> I'm already thinking of them in my head. <laughs> What'd you say? I'm already thinking of them in my head, and they're awesome. Uh, yeah, well, I think we can all know. We all know what kind of jokes they'd have, but you know, yeah, I, that, like, that would have been that. I think that would have been a, a challenge for Blizzard if it was a character like McCree, yep, or Soldier Seventy Six, or Reaper, yep. You know, so I'm yeah. Yep. Say, I want to. What'd you say? I still go with my original thought assessment of who the fuck cares. It's a game. Well, yeah, and nobody really somebody, cares. Like, it's not gonna. Yeah, I yeah think, even if you don't, even if you have a problem with gay people, right? It doesn't affect your gameplay. Like, when I go into, and don't, I'm, I'm not saying I have a problem with gay people because I don't, but when I go into <laughs> play, right? Yep. Uh, I'm not gonna be thinking about Trace's sexual orientation. I'm gonna be thinking about killing her because she's a fucking annoying. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> she is. A, a, a terrible, terrible annoyance. And then the next feeling um, that comes over is one of satisfaction when you hear that death cry. Yes, I, I love <laughs> shooting a rocket ahead of a trace and her just running into it. I fucking love that <laughs> shit, man. It's awesome. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of people happy, really, really happy about Tracer being gay too. And uh, for those people who, uh, I guess, in terms of feelings, you you know. You, you have that representation now. That's great. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And it's the main. It's the main. It's the face of Overwatch. You know. Yep. So so good for you. Cheers. <laughs> I guess I didn't I actually didn't even think about that because I didn't do that on purpose, folks. I know Tracer says cheers. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. No. No. But, uh, that's, Keep that's on doing real. it. Huh? Keep calm and Tracer on. Keep yeah. on doing it. It's your turn this week. Mikey's not here to do it with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not making any stupid jokes like you guys did last week. <laughs> yeah, I saw those ratings on uh, on uh, iTunes, a couple other places. Highest rated show. Well, of course it's the highest, highest rated, rated show. It's the one that we put out last week. You dumbass! Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't steal my thunder. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, yeah. So Tracer is the first official gay character in Overwatch, and I'm pretty sure there's more. You got a cast of. You know, what, 23 characters now? We got more coming. I don't know, maybe one, at least one or two more next year, I would imagine. Uh, so there's got to be more. You can't just have a token, you know, character in there. Right. That wouldn't really be right. And I, and I don't think the the writing team, even though they don't have much of a writing team over at, over at Overwatch, is, uh, you know, is thinking of it in that aspect. You know? Yep. So... There, congrats to Tracer, I guess. But what else did we learn from that comic book? We learned that fucking Torbjorn can't keep it in his goddamn pants. <laughs> oh my god! So it, there's a there's a you know a panel that shows Torbjorn, Reinhardt, I guess Brigitte, and Torbjorn's wife, and there's a bunch of kids in there. And somebody on Twitter asked Overwatch, uh, the Twitter account, as they asked, hey, whose kids are those? Are those Reinhardt's or Torbjorn's? And Overwatch replied that they're Torbjorn's. All of them. There's like, there's a, there's a lot of fucking kids in that fucking picture. And um, shit, maybe he's Catholic? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like he, <laughs> Torbjorn, he, uh, 
I mean, obviously, <laughs> since he's he's got a low pick count, he's got he's got to keep busy somehow. Because <laughs> he has a lot of fucking kids. So now we know that Torbjorn is married and Torbjorn has children. That that is new information, folks. Oh my goodness! They, I, God, so many kids. Like all I can think of now is like, there's got to be some voice line that gets put in there for that something. It's like some Bow Chicka Bow Wow music or something or whatever when he comes out. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they gotta have something for it. Uh, other than that, I think the, the thing that stood out for me the most in that comic was Widowmaker. Yes, at Gerard's grave. That's the panel I kept looking at. So this is partially why you know I went and made that comic, you know, that comment earlier of I wonder how you know standalone this is right now because from her bio. She's not supposed to give two shits about killing him. And she's not even supposed to remember him and have any feelings for him or anything like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that's I the... saw that. I was like, hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. She, um... It's not just that, right? Uh, there's that panel, but if you combine that with a voice line, that a voice line that she has with Anna... Mm-hmm. Uh, where Anna says something... Actually, here it is. I have it right here. Anna says, Gerard was a fool to love someone like you. And Widowmaker replies, you don't know anything about him. Like, that Shit. that has some feeling to it, you know? That yeah. that makes me think that she's... She's still... She, like, loves him, even though she's not supposed to. She's supposed to be cold-hearted. She's supposed to be, like, mechanical, a machine. Yep. You know, even though she did love, you know, killing... Uh, Mandata. Mandata. Apparently, she laughed at Tracer when she asked her why. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like Widowmaker is really supposed to be cold-hearted, and I don't. I think they're trying to. I wonder if they're going to try to take her story somewhere. Like, is she eventually going to get redeemed? Is she eventually not going to be a bad guy anymore? I don't know. I don't think it's going to go. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I think she's going to have some regrets about it, but I think that they're going to show her pretty much staying the path at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting for her to jump trains, but at the same time, it's like that. Uh, this is this is an interesting story. Yep. To me, it's very interesting that she would go and visit that grave, you know, on Christmas. Yep. And I don't, we don't even know what Reaper was doing. Look, <laughs> that yep. that's just an odd picture. A Reaper looking at a family. Yep. I that right that there just me. goes. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had Christmas dinner. <laughs> like, it's very, very. That was, that was just a weird picture. Uh, yeah, but pretty much everybody else is uh, wondering more about the Hanzo yeah. one there a little bit. Well, what about the Hanzo one? He's just sitting there, you know, looking all uh, anime, you know, anime like. And there's a kid he... in the background just sitting there looking at a cake, and I'm like, that doesn't really tell me a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, some of them don't aren't really supposed to. Like, you had Sombra and McCree sitting at the same bar. McCree knocked out, of course. Yep. Uh, and I got you had <laughs> you had Genji and Zenyatta, which is a little strange to me because I heard a change in voice lines. I think a few weeks ago. Yep. Where you know how uh, Zenyatta says that he's happy to fight along his Brighton student. Yep. And Genji used to say something like, "Well, the honor is mine," or something like yep. that. Well. The last, the last time I heard that, Genji says that was a long time ago, it, or something. He was like, he, he said something like that was a long time ago, or it was a different time. So now was that dynamic changing or not? Because well, he used there's another he used, line they have too, 
which is he goes and says something along the lines of uh, Zenyatta says it actually uh, when Genji gets a kill he's like perhaps a teacher can learn something from the student or something similar to that so, yeah, yeah it's possible yeah and then they uh, that line where he says that was a long time ago he used to say that to Winston when Winston I haven't heard Winston say this in a long time like months but Winston used to have a line that said he, he was happy to fight alongside Genji again and Genji would say to him, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was a bug or if if that's actually something that's going to be different, you know? Like, are they changing that dynamic? But then in this comic, you have Zenyatta there with Genji, and Genji's writing something. Apparently, according to Twitter, it's a letter to Mercy saying that he needs heels. Because <laughs> 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 in, in, in Mercy's panel, she's reading a letter. So I gotta and say, actually, the coolest one there so far... Freaking Junkrat and Roadhog, man, living it yeah. up. <laughs> Actually, another one I found interesting was the the panel with Anna and, and Soldier. Soldier 76. Yep. You know, like, I, I mean, they weren't really suggesting anything. They were just kind of sitting there. Old friends. Oh, well, yeah, they could probably just could be old friends. Because I, I thought if, any, if, if Anna had a love interest, it was Reinhardt. You think so? That's what it's like. I listen, listen to their interaction. Yeah. When Reinhardt's like, I thought you were dead. And she's like, I'm sorry, Reinhardt. I couldn't tell anybody or I needed some time to myself or some shit like that. Well, Reinhardt is just a big freaking teddy bear. So, yeah, <laughs> teddy bear yeah, with a giant right, fucking right. hammer. <laughs> so, yeah, like this, that, well, that was like a, was it a one page panel or two page? One page, pretty much. For was, that one page panel says a lot about the Overwatch team. Except, I, I didn't even think Farah. I thought Farah was all military, but apparently yep. she's eating dinner with somebody, and she's in civilian clothing. Yes, she is. So yeah, could I kind of wonder. Date? Who did? Who, what'd you say? It could be Doomfist. It could be a hot date. No, I didn't say it could be Doomfist. You fuck. <laughs> so, speaking of Doomfist, Terry Crews did meet with the Overwatch team. Oh uh, yeah, that's awesome. I I saw that. I was like, I gotta let John Mikey know. As much as I love Terry Crews, I really hope he does not. I hope he does. Please do it. Nah, I'd be good with that. So yeah, that that uh, that comic and this the, they are they confirmed this will be the last comic for the year. So you know that was a good uh, good way to end it off. One of their better comics, actually. Yep, hit you right so, in the feels. Right in the feels. So uh, let's move on to the meta report from this weekend uh over the past weekend there was the mlg vegas and overwatch was definitely a part of that uh got some bad news uh, well you know well, let me say, start off by saying this i will say it over and over and over again and you know it needs to be said before we talk about these meta reports the meta is not gospel I'm not talking about it because I'm saying I think this is the best way to go. I'm talking about it because it's inevitable that we will see this out in the field. Mm-hmm. You're going to group up with somebody on LFG or maybe just over team chat that's going to want to go MLG Pro in quick play, you know, or yep. a team that's going to attempt it. And uh yeah, you should be aware of what's happening, what's coming down the pike. Because I, I actually, I was in a, you know, one of the uh, groups I was in uh, yesterday, 
they uh you know somebody was talking about the four tank comp that was at nmlg not he's not that he suggested it but he was pretty excited about it but you're gonna get somebody who takes that excited excitement it's like oh yeah we could totally do that bro let's go yep and no you can't do it bro you can't so um i will post a link to the full meta report so you can get all the details but overall what we saw was a core five uh five uh you know character comp with one flex right so there was almost always three tanks which was usually diva reinhardt and roadhog uh there were two healers which were generally lucio and anna Uh and there was one flex and that one flex was either zarya or soldier 76 now as you can kind of guess that one flex can lead to four tanks sometimes. So you're talking four tank, two heals. That has to be so unfun to play against. But I get, you know, like when you're playing at a pro level, it's not about fun. It's about winning. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's, I, if I ever see that, I'm just going to be so upset. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of damage you got to output, you know? Yep. That's a lot of damage got to output. That's some shit that you'd see on Route... I can see it right now on Route 66. Four tanks waiting for you. You know, a D.Va, a Reinhardt, a Roadhog, and a Zarya waiting for you at the choke point. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that right now. Now, like I said, the flex was Zarya or Soldier 76. So, even with Zarya's nerfs, she's still in there. She's still a contender. Yes, she is. And even in uh in in right in I guess quick and competitive play, I'm still seeing Zarya picked a lot because the problem was not that she was getting damage collecting too much uh power from the hits. The problem is that people consistently feed Zarya. And still, even in the group I was last night, as good as we were doing, if we accidentally fed Zarya, she was an issue. She was a fucking problem. I got I was uh, May and got melted by Zarya. She killed me before I could fully freeze her. And you know how fast May freezes somebody. And she wasn't even at 100%. When I died, and I saw that she was at like, what was like 80? She was like at 85%. And I was getting cooked. I'm like, wow. I don't like getting close to Zarya even a little bit, and it doesn't matter what character I am. I I tend to try to bunny hop or jump over, I should say, jump over her beam that she's going to go and spit around. Because uh, more often than not, she's going to melt you pretty damn quick. Yeah, so Zarya is still in there. Uh, apparently, Soldier 76 was used early, but it looks like the changes to D.Va have really nullified that, uh, you know, that projectile damage mm-hmm. that Soldier does. I mean, even yesterday, you know, I, I saw Soldier Ults get eaten up completely by D.Va. Soldier Ults completely eaten by D.Va. Uh, which may mean that D.Va's ult, may, not ult, but D.Va's uh, defense matrix may last too long. D.Va, defense matrix lasts like, lasts like four seconds, I think. I think it lasts about four seconds if you just hold down the trigger. Mm-hmm. So perhaps... Uh, we need to. We they're gonna need to reduce that to three seconds, but give a faster recharge time. Yeah, that's one route of going. I mean, you could also do the thing, do this thing where it's a fast recharge time if you're above twenty five percent. 
But once you get below 25%, now it takes longer to recharge. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I could see that being a way. I mean, because the you can complete. Obviously, you can eat May's alt. You can eat Zarya's alt. But for soldier to put his uh, visor visor on, and then Diva just completely eat it over and over and over again. I mean, that's an issue. But then at the same time. That means you need to switch characters, which a lot of people did, and they switched to Zarya. Yep. But now you got four tanks on the field. And the problem that we generally have with, I guess, the problem that you have with quick play and competitive is that uh, you don't want to have four tanks on the field, or even three tanks on the field, so somebody's got to switch. But then you have the problem of people actually being versatile. Yeah. And that's, I think that's an issue in Overwatch, uh, that people just really aren't that versatile. Mm -hmm. I'm finding more and more, even though Jav really pushed against it, people are picking mains, and that's what they're staying with. And it's great to be good with that one character, but then, like, when you need to switch in situations like this, like, then it's it's no good. Like, if you have, like, let's say a Roadhog, right? Like, let's say you're going Roadhog, and you're main and Roadhog, and they pick up a a D.Va against you, what are you gonna do? I mean, D.Va, like, (laughs) between... Baby Diva and the mech, a Diva can definitely kill a Roadhog. Yep. You know, so that's why we, we really need to be, you know, as players, we got to be flexible when it comes to uh, the characters that we play. I mean, the games that I got to play in tonight in Quick Play actually kind of surprised me. I mean, the first one was a warm-up, and I must have swapped characters at least four or five times, but I haven't played in almost over a week at this point. So after this, though, the second game we got in there with uh, Goose Uncle there, I actually was making suggestions, being very vocal, and I got people to swap out because they were just not doing it. We had one person saying Symmetra on a Capture the Flag map. I'm like, first off, I was like, why are you doing that? Capture the Flag map? Yeah. Or, you know, like King of the Hill. King of the Hill. That's not Capture the Flag. <laughs> so. <laughs> semantics, semantics, words. Sublantics. What do they mean? Sublantics. <laughs> so, yeah, like, you know, we got on, we're on Ilios, and it's just not working. I'm like, somebody's got to switch over to Soldier. Uh, I'll go and do it. Or if not, if somebody wants to go and take over Junkrat, we need the damage. And somebody swapped over to deal with the Pharaoh. We got, you know, the Symmetra to swap off. Everything worked, and we freaking roasted the other team. Fantastic. Nice. I was like, more people need to be going and making those changes. They need to be open to taking those suggestions. And then, you know, just having to get really lucky. But more often than not, like you're saying, people get stuck into those mains. They just want to go hardcore. You know, like you're saying, you know, the other week there, making the hate pick at that point and just doing something just to do it. It's a bad habit people got to get out of when you're going to play this game because it screws it over for other people. It does. It really does. And then you get tilted and you take that tilt. Tilting is like an infection, man. You just take it to, from team to team to team. Yep. And it doesn't work out. And then you take it to Twitter afterwards or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so I would not be surprised if we start seeing more three tank. And the, the thing that's going to bother me the most is that in situations where you shouldn't have three tank, people are going to go three tank. And they're going to be like, you, you, you're going to ask somebody to switch. Like, oh, this is the meta. This is what the pros do. Like, and that's, they're not going to switch because they think they know better. But generally speaking, while we, while you know, usually in games tanks don't output that much damage. In this game, they do. If you get close enough to Reinhardt, he's fucking a, a problem. If you get close enough to a Roadhog, he is an issue. Uh, Zarya is no joke. Diva is really no joke right now. So these tanks do put out output, but 
generally speaking, you got to get close to them. If you can pepper them from far away, you know, you're, you're, you know, okay. Now that means that, you know, while they can put out damage, they might not necessarily be getting kills. Like usually DPS gets you the kills yep. because not only are they putting out the damage, they put it out fast. Yep. You know, with Roadhog, unless you, um, you know, hook somebody, hook and, and kill, or with Reinhardt, they got to be in your area. And D.Va has to chase people down, but you usually won't get D.Va to get on top of somebody and just gun them down very fast. Unless they have low health. Or they have you know? the Zen Orb. Yeah, or they have the Zen Orb. So, yeah, these, these tanks, well, I'm not saying it's wrong because it obviously worked. Uh, the sustained portion of the meta worked out for these guys, uh, especially on defense. In, 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 in regular play... You know, with the with the with the rest of us, we're still gonna need you know those DPSs that are gonna that are actually gonna get kills down. You know, that's that's very important. But if you do come across these comps with three tank or four tank, there's a few counters that you keep in mind. Uh, obviously, Reaper comes to mind, but yep. the problem with Reaper, and I kind of experienced this last night, is that. Enemies that have armor, right? Tanks that have armor, that gives them a chance to turn around and deal with you. The only tank that Reapers, the only two tanks that Reapers are Reapers really melting right now would be Winston and Roadhog. Reaper can really melt those two. Technically speaking, he should be able to do well against Azaria if you're getting your hits, uh, but it's pr- you know particularly well against a, a Roadhog and a Winston. If you are trying to go up against a Diva or a Reinhardt, you're gonna have an issue because, especially, I mean, if they turn around, if they're paying attention, because if they have their armor up, Reaper's just not that effective against it. You have to get that armor down, and then you gotta start in on their health. I so, usually have a couple of characters that are my go-to's for those situations. Like if I can't be the junk rat to really go and handle that, it's almost always McCree or you know Widowmaker. Those those are my go-to's to really hammer away. Yeah, see, I would I, I would go with a Pharah over a Reaper simply because you can you can project a lot of damage. Yep, you can still get that same punch, but from a distance. Yep, that's what I try to do, especially with McCree. You know, and then go for the flashbang to be able to, you know, deal with anything else that comes well, up McCree close. Well, McCree still has that damage drop-off, and I think that's part of the problem why he's not getting played as much right now. He's got that damage drop-off, and it, it's it, him against the soldier. At that point, you might as well just pick a soldier. With right. the amount of with the amount of, with the amount of damage you're doing on output. Mm-hmm. Now, I prefer McCree against some against some uh characters like you know a lot of people like to go soldier against fire i actually like to go mccree because soldier while he is putting out more damage he's less accurate than mccree and i have much more success killing Farah with two or three consecutive shots because of how much damage uh she you know he's doing to her or, you know, like a May or something like that. Like, you know, May's trying to freeze you. You can stun her real quick and you can get a fan of the hammer off, you know, roll back and still get enough shots in to kill her. Yep. Not my top pick against her, but still, you know, May is <laughs> a hard counter to soldier. Let's just say that. Yep. Can't run away from that, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, is a good pick. May is a good pick against the tanks too. Because they're such large hitboxes. 
hitboxes and Diva can't she can't defense matrix that shit uh yeah that's one thing that's kind of nice about it uh especially the fact that she has her secondary fire which can really go and knock a shield down you can go and hit that you know hit reinhardt's shield with it pretty good yeah it does a, it does a decent amount of damage so not to mention again wide shield you know you can yeah. nail it from any distance really and you can nail it from a lot of different angles Oh, absolutely. Uh, one team, they were using Genji, but I, th- I forget his name, but he's like the best Genji in the country, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not too big into the Overwatch esports. I mean, yeah, I, pay, I, I, I actually did not watch this. I just, I just read, uh, you know, well, I, I didn't watch it live. I watched a couple highlights, and I watched the, and I read the meta report uh, out of it. But yeah, they had, uh, they used the Genji, which that can kind of work too, because tanks generally have low mobility. Like watching a Zarya try to chase around a good Genji is like trying to swat a fly. And all the while that that Genji, he's distracting, he's doing damage, he's doing all types of stuff. So that can also work too, but I would suggest you be a good Genji. (laughs) (laughs) Not just any Genji. So that's um there are there are counters against it. I would say Farah is probably the strongest because in a three tank build or a four tank, even a four tank build, especially a four tank build, you're not likely to have any anti air. You know, yep. in a three tank build, you may have some anti air, but how good is the anti air? It comes down to at that point, how good is that anti air? Right. So yeah, you need you know you need a way to keep fire out of the sky with three tanks. You're definitely limiting your ability to do so. So just keep in mind if you see that stuff out there, folks. Hopefully you don't. People are saying that two 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 is dead. I disagree. I think two 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 is still the best for standard players. If you're not playing in a tight group, like if you if your group is not working very well together, I would not suggest doing triple tank. I, I just wouldn't, especially if you're playing with people who don't understand what that's about. If you're playing triple tank, that's for sustainability. You know, your yep. healers really need to be on point. And then the tanks have to protect the healers. You got to protect whatever's keeping you alive. If you go Symmetra, which actually Symmetra is used, funny enough, well, I shouldn't say funny enough, but uh, it turns out a lot of teams are using her shield generator instead of her teleporter, even at the first point, hoping to stay alive, hoping to sustain life. So we may start seeing that soon, too. And don't be surprised if you see, you know, a random player just go out, oh, somebody pick up Symmetra and then, uh, you know, put up a shield generator instead of a teleporter. Because at that, if, you, if you're a healer and you see that, they're really expecting the healers to try to keep everybody alive along with the shield generator. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, just be careful when you look out for that stuff. I'll post the... the uh, the link to the to the actual meta report, and you guys can check it out. Uh, let's move into talking about Sombra and competitive because that's you know, Ooh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we haven't really been seeing Sombra all that much uh, in competitive play, definitely not. But even in quick play, I haven't seen it that much. And you know, I honestly think that Sombra, uh, I think Sombra can be a great character, right? Yep. I just, it really feels to me like the, the community and the, especially the pros aren't, aren't 
they, they they're locked into this to this you know damage output you know on one side and sustain on the other side they're locked into that that train of thought and that's why sombra really isn't going anywhere you don't have people you know what they're, they're probably looking at sombra like well she doesn't do as much damage as 76 she doesn't do as much damage as tracer you know we shouldn't we 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 shouldn't use her here. We'll just use one of those guys instead. As opposed to looking at utility, like I'm I'm sorry, but I still view like the fact that she can get behind a Reinhardt and take down his shield. You know, with a right click or you know with an alt fire, that's a, that's a lot right there. That definitely is going to take care of problems. Yep. With uh, you know, if you have somebody doing Reinhardt bashing or something like that. Uh-huh. That can that can really take care because now you have two options. You can either do it to Bastion, so that Bastion, so that um, you know he comes out of turret form, or you do it to Reinhardt to drop the shield. I'll prefer to drop the shield, but I, if if you drop if you if you bring Bastion out of turret form, you can you can easily crack through a Reinhardt shield at that point. It's it's it can I would rather do it to the shield just because you can you can go and knock him out of turret form. That doesn't matter because his main gun can still kill you in a magazine. It does, but I think for for Bastion players, the the uh, default thing that they do, the yep. reaction is to back up because now they're in trouble. You know, I look now, at it as, oh shit, I'm probably going to die anyway. I'm going to get aggressive because that's all I can do at that point. There's no time to heal. There's no time to run away either. You don't have any way of getting away, and you're pretty damn large. Yeah, I much. I'd be honest. I'd much rather have a Reinhardt shield go down. To be perfectly yeah. honest with you, but there's been a lot of talk about how Sombra isn't competitive. Uh, that Sombra doesn't do enough damage, and that her utility doesn't make up for her DPS shortcomings. So, do you think Sombra doesn't have damage? We actually talked. I think we were you on the show when we talked about Sombra's damage. Uh, I might have been. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think Sombra does enough damage. I think now, she does enough damage. She's got a huge fucking magazine on that weapon, she, man. Yes, she does. And I'm not talking about, you know, killing tanks here. I wouldn't put up. I wouldn't put Sombra up against a tank. No, absolutely not. But if you can get, you know, Sombra is not really made, it's not a, it's not a character that's made to go head-to-head by herself. She's not made the 1v1. She's made to get her invisibility. She's supposed to use her invisibility to get behind the enemies. You know, use her hacks on something, and then, uh, you know, she can, you know, you can take out a, a Mercy. You can take out a Zenyatta, especially like a Zenyatta, uh, if you can hack him so he can't use his orbs. Mm-hmm. And then and you, you know, you use the Uzi to kill him. Yep. You know, the, the softer targets you can get behind. I mean, as, as Sombra, I have killed 76s. You hack and then you shoot. That's pretty much the way it is. Not to mention she has an escape mechanic she can use. It just means you need to... I guess maybe with her you need... Yes, exactly. You need to survey the situation, drop your teleporter somewhere, and then get into the fray knowing exactly what you're going to do. Or at least keeping an eye on the time. Because once you get down to a certain amount of time, you got to decide, am I going to get out of here or not? With her. Yeah, I really, I really think she, maybe the community just needs more time with her because she needs to blossom right. a bit more. Anna's easy. 
Anna, I think Anna was really easy and a great with the community. She does damage, she heals. Yep. And she has an Anna boost. That's it. But Sombra is definitely, I would say, one of More Overwatch's of most... Yeah, she's one of their most complex characters because of how you have to play her to be effective. I'm sorry, but... So I, I, was, I saw someone on Reddit saying that her ultimate is useless. Get the fuck out of here, man. If you coordinate that with a team, especially a team who's like, you know, they got like a Bastion or some shit... Uh, you know, they're doing Reinhardt bashing, and your Sombra just comes up behind them, uh, and boom, EMP, Bastion's out of out of uh, turret, Reinhardt has no shield, Torbjorn turret's down, and your team just rushes in at that point, you you do, yeah, exactly, you do your, your, uh, your ult, your, for your EMP, then you, dr- then you, you know, teleport back to your team, like, oh, yeah. come on, hit and run, oh yeah, like, how, how is that not effective? And I think people aren't playing her because they don't see the pros playing her. And I think the pros really... And don't get me wrong, I'm not, say, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that I know better than them, but I just think it's the mindset. This game can be played in more than one way. Well, right, it's more the maybe, mindset of that there's no immediate results for her. And that's what yeah. people want. They want immediate you know, gratification. They want that immediate kill. And that, that's not what she's in. She's more of a long game kind of a character. Yeah, I think maybe that's why I'm, you know, when it comes to Overwatch esports, I'm not that intrigued by it because you just see this, you, you know, you see the same things over and over and over again. And it's just two teams knocking against each other until one falls back, you know, pretty much, or until they can stack alts. Like, you don't really see a lot of clever plays. Yep. You know, I, I, I did see one play where somebody got a sleep dart off on a Reinhardt as he was doing Earth Shatter. That's good timing, but that's not, like, a super incredible play to me. Uh, it was nice. Don't get me wrong. It was pretty sweet. Most players can't do it. But, you know, to do something, to, to super, to really coordinate with your team and listen to the callouts and, uh, you know, listen to the callouts and still be able to coordinate Sombra getting behind somebody, hacking the right person, and then as soon as she hacks them, you take advantage of it. Yep. You know? That's like when people used to char- use Reinhardt to charge another Reinhardt. And, you know, when that usually happens, usually you punish the Reinhardt that charges, right? But what if the Reinhardt does that? The entire, the entire enemy team turns around to deal with him, but now you're behind the enemy team. Like when when stuff like that would happen, that's a good technical play, and you can do the same thing with Sombra. It's just gonna take a bit more finesse, I guess. She's a finesse character. Yep. I mean, personally, I, I think Sombra does. I think she does enough damage. I think her utility more than makes up for her DPS shortcomings, and you shouldn't be trying to take down tanks with her. And yes, I understand she is a DPS, so that means you're gonna be losing. A soldier, a Pharah, a Reaper, um, a Tracer, right? Yep. But if they can substitute, because one thing that did happen in, in the in the MLG Vegas was that Symmetra was being substituted for a healer sometimes. If you can sub- substitute Symmetra for a healer, you can substitute Sombra for one of your DPSs. Yes. I- I'm sorry. Get into it's that half Exactly. It takes teamwork and coordination. I believe in you. Do it. We have faith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, some people, I, I would say if, if there's anything, and with, with Sombra, maybe do something with the hack. You know, sometimes I do get the feeling if the hack takes a little bit too long, you know. It takes a little bit too long to hack sometimes. So maybe cut that down by half a second. 
Um, but you know, that's about Not it. I mentioned if you get hit too, that's also going to go and affect it. Yes, exactly. That's why you have to hack people from behind. So, which is way easier to do on console than it is on PC. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, but yeah, I do. I mean, I think there's a place for her. I just don't. I just don't think that people are. Oh, she doesn't fit into the meta because she doesn't fit that immediate. You know, she's not. She. You know, I really feel like the pros. They're all hammers. It's that hammer analogy. They're all hammers, and everything's a nail. Yeah. And if she's not a nail, they can hit. You know, like, and it, it's surprising because I can compare, like, with Overwatch, right? I expected to see some some pretty, pretty unique stuff, some finesse plays with Overwatch when I watch esports. I see more finesse when I see Counter Strike players playing, you know, pro Counter Strike players. There's more finesse there than it is with Overwatch. And there's no ultimates there, there's no abilities there, unless you can throw some really sick flashbangs. That's an ability, I'd call that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know, throw a flashbang from spawn, it goes into a, a skylight at a bomb site. Like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> that's some pretty that's some pretty cool shit, but yeah, I'm I don't know, like that's a bit more exciting to watch than Overwatch for me, but that's just my personal taste. I mean you guys can actually that's a good question. Like why what if, for those of you who do watch Overwatch esports, because there's some of you out there, like why? Why do you watch Overwatch esports? Like what really draws it to you? Um, or draws you to it, I should say. Um, like I said, I'm not shitting on it. It's just uh, that to me, it feels a little boring to watch. I even though I did like the uh, was it the OW Open or was that the one? Like, I forget. It was was the Overwatch World Cup. The first one was the OW Open, I thought, and then the Overwatch World Cup was at BlizzCon. I thought that was a bit entertaining, mainly because the well, I think it was a team from France only had two pros. And then, like, four streamers on it. I thought that was interesting and how, how far they made it. But uh, I don't know. Let me know. Let us know what you think about that. But let's move on because for two weeks, I've been promising to talk about Blizzard policing the community. And last week, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. And I, I just, this is going to be our last topic for the night, and I wanted to bring it up. So, Blizzard policing the community and why I don't like it. <laughs> I should say I don't like it. I've always I've always been an advocate. Like Bond, you've known me for over ten years now. Yep. Uh, I've always been an advocate of communities policing themselves. Yes. And it's not like I have some like anti-government or establishment hate or anything like that. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like I have like some anti-establishment thing. It's just that I think the developers are too financially involved in the game mm-hmm. to police it properly. Not to mention they move at a snail's pace. Yes. Blizzard's action on levers, if there was actually if people were afraid of the lever action, we'd have way less levers. Way I, less levers. I was a mod I was a you know an admin on, you know, battlefield servers and stuff like that, Call of Duty servers and everything back in the day in Counter Strike. You know why we didn't have problems on my servers? Because I fucking cleaned that shit up and I didn't allow any of that bullshit to go and fly. Always verified if there were problems with people and then you took care of it yourselves because you knew that you wanted to have a full server and you wanted to have people enjoy themselves. Can't always do that if they go and take that away from us. And we're going to do a hell of a lot better job, you know, assuming we're fair about it. We're going to do a better job than what they can do most of the time. Right, yeah. So, I mean, like, that's not like the, the, the people are like, people like Leavers and Trolls are not afraid of the consequences. No. Because there's so many of them and blizzard takes a really long time 
to deal with stuff like that. I mean, even with WoW, like how you know, every once in a while, Blizzard throws out a massive ban, right? But how long does it take for them to do stuff like that? It always makes the news when it happens. I'd much rather have Blizzard taking care of problems on a regular basis than just going out and doing, like, you know, these massive bans. Even though on, on Overwatch, I would say they did it twice so far. But those were primarily for hacks. And very easy to find hacks, by the way. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it's... You know, Blizzard takes very, very slow action on trolls, levers. I mean, we got people that are putting teleporters on ledges. Uh, you got people who are staying in spawn the entire match. You got people who are ice-walling allies. And you have people making smurf accounts. I don't understand that. Like You got people buying Overwatch multiple times and having smurf accounts. Having their main account to do well in and having smurf accounts to go fuck around in. It's a just mark of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Like, just go, I don't understand why you want to do that. What's wrong with you? Why you like this? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't understand, but you have all that. And Blizzard takes a really long time to deal with that. Now, if the community, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how, I think the, the player base of this, of, of this show, the listener base of this show are, are, are older players. So I think a lot of you, hopefully a lot of you remember the way it was back with um, Quake, uh, older Call of Duties. Uh, Battlefield, Battlefield, Counter Strike, Unreal Tournament, where the community policed itself. The community, actually, the community segmented itself on its own. Like, I know in Unreal Tournament, right? The pro community separated itself from the casual community just by lowering the number of slots on a server. Because casual players want a lot of players and servers. So they usually change the server browser to show the most players on a server, and they go to that server. And they have a hell of a time shooting rockets all over the place with 31 other players (laughs) (laughs) on a server. Whereas the pro community were in smaller servers, 8v8, 5v5, you know, stuff like that. And that that worked out very well. Not to mention the community had mods like in in Counter-Strike, uh, and Unreal Tournament, but in Counter-Strike, I remember specifically, you know, server admins can install a, a mod that connected you to a global ban list where yep. there was a site, there was a form for Counter-Strike admins to say, hey, have you seen this player? This player's causing problems. And you would identify the player by their GUID, their global unique identifier that the server can see. And you say, this player's causing problems. He's trolling. He's doing a lot of team killing. He's doing this. He's doing that do you want to add him to the global ban list? And if he gets added to the global ban list, then any server using that mod, ban it, bam, he can't get into. He can still play the game on regular servers, on Valve servers, but he can't play where a lot of the community played. You can even have personal ban lists, you know, or at least you can learn about players that are causing issues, grab their GYD, put him on your ban list if you want to. And it all started to go downhill once Activision came around. Yeah, Activision with Modern Warfare 2, that's what killed it. That's what fucking killed it. Because that's that's when we saw the end of dedicated servers, the end of modding tools. You know, now that's what did it. Because giving giving communities the modding tools is the best way to take care of your community and ensure its longevity. People are still playing Counter-Strike 1.6 to this day. You know, oh. people are still playing Source, even though there's a new Counter-Strike out. 
Some people who play CSGO still play the other CSs. See, I don't like, think I could do that at this point. I, I can't do that. I, I'm, not, I'm not that in the Counter-Strike. <laughs> no. But the community, like, you know, instead of leaving the community helpless, you can leave it, you can give the community tools. The community will be much faster dealing with the stuff. They can have, they can, they'll build their mods that allow them to control the servers better. They'll build antiviruses. Like, you know, Unreal Tournament had a, had a problem with cheaters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Epic didn't come up with any type of anti-cheat. The community came up with an anti-cheat. There were some problems with the interface. The community built mods to fix that. You know? The problems that we've seen in Overwatch, like maybe a character needs to have their damage tweaked, there should be there can be mods that fixes that fix that for competitive play. Let the communities deal with, you know, uh how they want the competitive you know, let them let them handle the competitive aspect of the community. Because right now what's happening is that we're stuck in the middle somewhere. You gotta you know, the Overwatch team has to worry about the casual crowd as well as dealing with the competitive crowd. So they can't tweak the game. There's no way possible that Jeff Kaplan and team can tweak the game to be 100% competitive. But they also can't tweak the game to be 100% casual either. Now that they're stuck in the middle someplace, and that's why you have so much static on the farm. That's why you have people saying, Genji's overpowered. You have people saying that Genji's underpowered. You know, because we're stuck in the, we're stuck in the middle somewhere. Whereas with if if modding tools were available, and the police were as it was able to mod, make the mods themselves and police themselves, the competitive community would have already fit, changed the damage numbers, fixed the damage numbers that they needed to make these characters as competitive as they are going to be in Overwatch. And then Blizzard wouldn't even have to worry about it. All they have to do is make sure that people who aren't playing, uh, you know, pro-competitive, make sure they're having a good time. That's all you gotta do. Yep. But no, like, they, they wanna control both, and it just, the game will never be as competitive as it could possibly be. Which is, if you're, if you're playing, like, on the pro side, like, you know, if you, if you ever played Counter-Strike, you know, or Cal back in the day, or, uh, uh, I forget what it's called now. TWL. TWL now. No, TWL. <laughs> Woo. We can have a podcast about that because some drama went on. I vaguely recall that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, but there's like a... a um, CPL or whatever the hell. That's the, I, I, I can't remember the name of the league that a lot of people who play like super serious Counter-Strike. Uh, and this is, you know, because you have people on Counter-Strike Go, you can... You can play competitive matches, kind of the way you do in Overwatch, but in competitive in Counter Strike Go, there's a whole subset of the community that doesn't even go through that system. They have their own site set up with their own matchmaking system that pulls them into dedicated servers that they have. And that's insane. That's insane. You will think you're playing the best of the best players there, but they're just okay compared to the actual <laughs> best of the best. It's insane. So, like, yeah, I mean, the community, like, you know, I guess my thing is, like, you know, and I, I really hope Blizzard is working on some way to get community mods in the game. I mean, they have it, they have it in StarCraft, but StarCraft was a little different. StarCraft was built with that in mind. They knew that people wanted to build mods for StarCraft and that people would lose their shit if they could not. <laughs> if they could not build their own maps and their own mods, they knew that people would lose their goddamn minds. So they built that on StarCraft. They need that in Overwatch as soon as possible. If they want Overwatch to survive, 
they need that in Overwatch as soon as possible. I don't because think Jeff, it's ever going to happen. Dude, they, they, Blizzard, I, the only reason I think it's gonna ha- it can happen is because Blizzard is not stupid. Yeah. They know that Jeff Kaplan and his team cannot run Overwatch forever. They run games as a service, but they know eventually that Overwatch, that team will start to decrease. You know, mm-hmm. and if they don't, if they want to spend less money on just constantly pumping out content for the community, because the community is always hungry for content. The next event we're gonna get is gonna be in February. You know how much? Oh, maybe February. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting it to be in February. You know how much bitching we're gonna get between now and then about content. Oh, they only <laughs> gave us one new map. Oh, they only gave us one new character. Oh, they only gave us one new game mode. Give the the community modding tools. So they can build the game themselves, and and I mean I, they already said that they will like a server browser kind of an Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Give us modding tools so we can police the community on our own. We can do it so much faster than you can. Yes, we, we can. The, the, the community can police itself so much faster. I mean, check it out on the Blizzard forums, right? You can't even accuse somebody of cheating. That's a bannable offense <laughs> on the Blizzard forums. So accuse somebody of cheating. <sighs> Accusations, man. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people who would be in the forums like, this guy's hacking, this guy's hacking. But other places have handled it. Uh, when I was a TWL admin, we handled it there. Cal handled it. Proving Grounds handled it. Like, all these, all these comp- competitive places handled cheating accusations, even though they probably got a shit ton. The burden of proof is on the person, you know, saying that XYZ right. person cheated, you know? Right. So it's very possible. These aren't impossible things to do. The community is more than capable of handling itself. You know, and then on top of that, like then community leaders start to emerge, especially when you have like a server system. Because the server admins generally are community leaders in a lot of cases. You know, they, they yep. put certain mods in their servers or, or they allow certain, you know, things. Because some people love being in servers with assholes. That they can be assholes too. It's like that restaurant that people go to. Was it called Dick's Last Resort or something like that? Yeah, they have one in uh, Boston and uh, Quincy Market, I think. Yeah, I will never understand that shit. I, if I ever walked in there by accident and I got started getting insulted, I'm, we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> I, I would. I, why would you want to be insulted while you eat? Yeah, Dick's. Yeah, Dick's Last Resort in Faneuil Hall. Yeah, I never quite understood that either. I I walked by the place and I was like. I'm all for jokes and just, you know, ribbing each other, but, eh. Like, you're not my friend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not cool. No, people like that typically at this point in my life, I'm just like, I don't fucking care. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need this shit. Yeah. But yeah, I, the, the, com- the community would be much better policing itself. Uh, and I know, I know there's a lot of people who disagree with that because, you know, it's been years now. Like, when did Modern Warfare 2 come out? What, 2009? Maybe? Mm. 2009-ish? I can't remember. 2008, 2009-ish. And, you know, since then, company, that, you know, you had that change. Then you had Riot policing their own community with, when it came to uh, League of Legends. And now all these companies want to police their communities, but you move so slow. And it kills the game for a lot of people. I mean, even if you block somebody in the game right now, you can still get paired up against them. So, sure, if somebody's being an asshat and talking shit, 
you could block them and it mutes them and all that shit. But what if somebody's being a troll and you block them and you get put into the same game with them? They can still be a troll to you. I honestly, I I don't ever see the same person ever again once I do that. No, I <clears> have <throat> I have blocked people mm-hmm. and have seen them in the, in, the, in like the next game or the game after that with me. Uh, that's pretty shitty. <laughs> Yeah, so it's I, I that's all I, I just want to talk. About. I want to get opinions. I guess. Do you think Blizzard should be policing this community, or should they allow us to police it? it? The the whole point of them trying to police the community isn't because they think they can do it better. It's because they can retain more control and they get more money out of it. That's really the bottom line. And it is a business, so of course I understand that. But at the same, as much you know, as as much as that does work, I would think that you can. Get, <laughs> You can sustain uh, the business by letting people create content for you. I mean, it's not like they can sell it and make money off of it. It's content for your game that they're making for free that will get pe- that will keep people playing the game. So that means they'll keep doing stuff like buying loot boxes and being engaged when you have these events, you know, and maybe even other people rebuying the game. So I don't know. Let me know what you think about Blizzard Police in the community. Do you think I'm right? Do you think I'm wrong? Just let me know. All right. Um, but on that note, we are going to close up shop here. Um, a couple things to talk about before we go ahead and do that. You got uh, something to go and uh, talk to everybody about, reminding you. It says talk you. about Good something job. at the end of the podcast. <laughs> what did I say that about? You didn't say about anything. <laughs> you just said so to remind you you had about? something to talk about. I can't remember now. See, guys, that one wasn't on me. That's all <laughs> that on one did. That, That's not on you. I should have wrote that shit down. <laughs> I really, really should have wrote that shit down because now I'm like, like I said, I was tired. But you know what? You know, I'll probably remember. what. I, this is what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'll do, right? I will listen to the beginning of the podcast again, and I will record a short segment to talk about what I was talking about. That's going to (laughs) come right after this, because I honestly cannot remember what I was talking about uh, in the the beginning of the podcast. So, um, things that I have written down here, though... (laughs) Uh, we, I guess we're like 14 episodes away from our 50th, and since we do this weekly, it's only 14 weeks away, it's actually not that long, I guess. Well, technically speaking, what would that be, three months and some change? So, but we need time to plan, so we're gonna be, we're, we wanna do something for our 50th, right? Yeah. something. You know, so, uh, we actually had a suggestion from Steve D12 that we open up a Discord server that's already uh that's actually something we already have in the works and I'll have the information out for that Discord server soon ish. Uh so we're going to have that before the 50th episode for sure. But you know, with Steve um you know, since he brought it up, he suggested I'm like, "Huh, maybe somebody else has some other suggestions." So feel free if you have any suggestions what you'd like to see for us to do on the 50th episode, let us know. And maybe we can get that done. And I just remembered what I was going to talk about. See, yeah. you just got to let the brain rest a little bit. So, uh, basically, what I was thinking about when, when I was playing with Crossover is, uh, you know, uh, let's see, we had a few guys in our group that were, you know, high, like high plat diamond. And you had me who I got, I got, I won my match to get into platinum. But we did have one guy who was down at like the 2200s. Right? Mm-hmm. 
So, and I don't want to say we weren't carrying this guy. He was actually doing pretty well on his own. Uh, but it got me thinking that, you know, we want everybody to be able to climb up and, uh, you know, get as high as they can on the ladder. But sometimes that backfires on us when we have two or three players that are, let's say, um, low gold or silver, and then we have two or three players that are in platinum or higher. Because what ends up happening is that you end up, pull, like, while the platinum players and diamond players kind of, they come down a little bit for their match, you end up pulling the gold and silver players up to a level that they may not really be comfortable playing with. Mm-hmm. And that can be... Um, that can be pretty tough. It's it's one thing to to help out and support one player while while you know while you're playing and, and while they're playing in a match that's a bit high level for them. But it's another thing taking two or three players that are getting pulled up to a high level match, right? So I'm thinking, should we try to start organizing some teams together? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So organize some teams together. That way, people can uh, get together in the group. Not saying that you can't break rank or break team or anything like that, but you, it's a, you, you get together in a group. Your group is familiar with each other. You know your strengths and your weaknesses, and you can prize it with mostly players that are in the same level, but then maybe have one player that's in a lower skill level and you can help kind of pull up with you in that aspect. I think that would be pretty cool if we can do that as a community. I just wanted to get some feedback on that. What do you guys think? If we start organizing different teams together, you know, teams of six, maybe seven, because you need a ringer sometime. Uh, it will really help with team coordination, because right now the way it usually works is like you hop on, you get five other people from an LFG or something like that, and then you play. And sometimes the same synergy is great, and sometimes it's not. But imagine if you had that same five people or same six people over and over and over and over again. It will just get better and better and better. Of course, you'd have some off nights, but then you can go say, you know, maybe since you know the people now, you're like, hey, uh, this is what I saw. This this is what was going on, you know, the other night, and this is what we can do to improve. You know, Lucio, I need you to do this more, or Soldier, I need you to take this Farrah down quickly, and you know, stuff like that. I think that would be a really good idea, and um, I would not mind setting something up that would allow us to group people together by like SR and then have like maybe someone from a lower SR, you know, come into the group and help out. I think it'd be a great learning experience for uh, a lot of players. Um, I know crossover, he was doing, he was great. Like, you know, when he, when he thought that somebody might needed some coaching or help, he was really good with explaining, you know, what needed to happen. So, or even when we lost the match, like, you know, we, we, we all talked about what really happened there so as opposed to just like oh well i'm gonna leave (laughs) you know like that 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 happens a lot so that's what i want to talk about i think that would be a really cool thing to do and i wanted to get uh some opinions from you guys so definitely reach out uh we have the xbox club we have the ps4 community Uh, you can reach me on twitter obviously email We'll we'll get into those options a little later but um we also have the Discord on the way, so you know there's a lot of ways that we can do this. So let me know what you're thinking about that. Uh, finally, we do have Heroes of Overwatch. I always want to talk about that. It's a great group of people uh, to hook up with if you're trying to do uh, matches or just get some dank memes in because they post <laughs> those too. So Heroes of Overwatch on Facebook. Uh, check them out. Tom Josh sent you. <laughs> All right. Um, and yeah, that's gonna wrap us up. 
on this episode. Thank you for listening. We're available on iTunes, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, and we have an RSS feed for those of you who have your own podcatcher that you want to use that in. Uh, links for are available for each platform right on MashLosButtons.com. Uh, we are on Twitter.com slash MTB site. We're on Facebook.com slash MashLosButtons and YouTube.com slash MashLosButtons. You can catch me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash underscore jaw underscore. So my handle is underscore J-A-A underscore Bond. Give it to him. Mine is Twitter.com backslash underscore Emery PF. That's yeah, right. Gonna try I it. sent out tweets. He sent <laughs> out tweets. He's going to try it. So follow him and then say things to him to encourage him. Like, you know, <laughs> like the shy little wallflower he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. You know me. That's 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 me. Yeah, right down we, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, we always love hearing from you guys. So please reach out to us. Uh, you know, we love to hear your thoughts on what we talked about on each episode. Uh, so, you know, you can reach out to us on at WPR at MashLessButtons.com. Uh, there's a contact form on the website that you can use to get to, to reach us as well. Uh, there's also Twitter, Facebook, um, SoundCloud, all those places. So feel free to reach out to us. Really like hearing from you guys. And we'll try to get back, we'll, uh, get back to you. There's actually some emails that came in that I still need to respond to. So I'm very sorry about not getting back to us, but I will. Ja will. Okay. Uh, If you enjoyed the podcast and you wish to support us, the best way to do that is to share the podcast with others uh, that you think will enjoy it. And also, uh, you can really help us out by rating and reviewing us on your platform of choice. So whether it's iTunes or Google Play Music, if you you really enjoy the show, just go throw a rating on and uh, a rating plus a review helps even that much more. And we really appreciate when you guys do that. Thank you very much. If you put a review on recently, uh, we probably haven't seen it yet. And especially if it's out of the U.S. because of the way the iTunes stores work. But I am working on a way to really get that locked down. So thank you very, very much for those uh, reviews. We're a four-star podcast, guys. Great job. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... uh, uh, you're going to want to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. And you can go to mashthosebuttons.com slash shows to see all of our podcasts. <sighs> so, <laughs> as I said, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you guys next week, hopefully with Mikey and Bound. Right on. Take it easy. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Here's what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. On Monday, December 19th, Jorge and David transmit in orbit. This week talking about updated crucible drops, SRL, and changes coming to strikes. On Tuesday, December 20th, Nick and Katie continue their quest to educate you on wild lore on the Torn and the Goblin. This week talking about the origins of the Feast of Winter's Veil, and lore highlights from 2016. On Wednesday, December 21st, Jarrett, Mikey, and Bond bring you the latest in Overwatch and its community on Watchpoint Radio. This week talking about making Sombra competitive and Blizzard needing to take more responsibility in the policing of their community. 
On Friday, December 22nd, Mike, Rob, and Luke bring you Sit Rep Radio, talking the latest in the division and the state of the game. To find more information on all of our shows, go to mashthosebuttons.com slash shows. And to see our full podcast schedule, visit mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule.